Coming up on NBL now, it's the biggest way possible to start off a round, and that is with the throwdown. We break it down, the key matchups, and who in the world is going to stop Chris Golding? A famous name here in the NBL. Doesn't look like he's interested in one of the available coaching jobs. The Perth Wildcats making a nice gesture to their families on Christmas. And who is the missing link for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers? We talk about all of that and a whole lot more on NBL Now. Great to be with you on NBL Now and what a way to start round number 11 tonight at John Kane Arena, the South East Melbourne Phoenix playing host to Melbourne United. I'm Jack Heverin, Pete Hooley alongside me as always on a Thursday. Hools, this is a big, big round. This one's a lot of big games. Oh, there is, isn't there? I mean, you looked at uh, kind of the matchups going forward after the last round ended and, you, and you're kind of putting together these little pieces for the weekend of like, oh, I'm looking forward to this one. What are the implications here? What are we going to see here? And nearly every game has some juice to it. And to kick it all off with a throwdown, I mean, that's the way what we're all looking forward right, uh, looking forward to right now. Sorry, because we all remember what happened last time. And Southeast Melbourne Phoenix remember what happened last time. People were saying it was inexcusable. That, that mm. game, Melbourne shorthanded. They got punched in the mouth early. That that was the game they just simply couldn't afford to lose and add to the fact that it's their rival and it's a throwdown. More to it and that magnitude of that. So this is a revenge game that, look, they've got to come out and they've, they've basically got to try and punch Melbourne United in the face. So how big of a factor is that? Just put your player's cap on back for a minute. I'm sure it's somewhere back in the, in the back of the wardrobe. <laughs> but just from a, a Melbourne point of view, firstly, they go in with no Clark, no Delavadova, no Travers. They play guys like Kyle Bowen and Flynn Cameron and Campbell Blogg down the stretch, and they still win. Firstly, from a Melbourne point of view, how confident would they be going into tonight? Well, I think it's not so much tonight. I think it's the whole season for them is, okay, if we're shorthanded, we've got guys 1 through 13 almost who can come out uh, and make significant impact and get the job done. But they already have think they have that edge, or they probably do have that edge over yeah. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. You look at the history so far, and this goes back to you remember a couple of years ago with the no crowd at Kudos Bank Arena, and the Phoenix were half away from a grand final series, and not more to that, they were half away from winning their first ever title because we know what happened in the, in the championship series, and whoever basically won out of Melbourne United and Southeast Melbourne were going to be champions because of what happened to the Wildcats. So. That would still sting, no doubt, in terms of the overall organisation. But that game, and again, the Phoenix, they've they have been good at home. They've looked good at times where you're thinking, okay, this team can contend, and then they have those slip-ups. That game in Adelaide, they couldn't afford to lose. The game against Melbourne United last time, they just simply couldn't afford, not necessarily to lose, but the way they lost was, mm. was alarming. So the beautiful thing of basketball, the beautiful thing of pro sport is you get revenge opportunities and they need to look at this and say okay we're coming out here and they might be confident they might feel like they're going to come and get the job done but we're coming in here to stamp our authority and that, you think that's how they should look at it from a revenge standpoint and we're, we're not going to let what happened last time happen again it's hard right because we talk to all these players we yeah. say okay this is the throwdown and they're all like it's just another game on the calendar it's not and, and that's, the more yeah, that's they garbage when they say that that's a lie <laughs> The more they say it, the more you tend to believe it even less. And you, just the fact that it's a throwdown means more because the rivalry has been building. And again, since that uh, semi-final series uh, a few years ago, but no doubt about it, this game means so much to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. And yes, they want to win, but they want to make this game come out and set a statement of what kind of level they want to play at. If they play unbelievable and, and lose down the stretch to some unbelievable shot making or a couple of mistakes late, You'll live with that and say, we, we've made strides forward. Much better performance. Doesn't necessarily be be all end or win or lose, but geez, they've got to come out and kind of punch Melbourne in the face. 
One matchup in particular that I'm really interested in is, is, and I think we're all interested in, is the big man battle between Alan Williams and Joe Lawala-Chul. It was hyped last time, and JLA well and truly took the points in that one. Where it interests me, though, Pete, is that we see big source Alan Williams on overtime every week, and and we saw it again on Tuesday. You can kind of see his body language change when they talk about Joe Lawala-Chul. So from a personal standpoint, it appears as though Source is taking this matchup with Joe Lawala Chul really personally too. Well, I think so because, again, we, we were talking. I mean, he went out early, didn't he, on overtime saying that his goal was to be MVP. And, again, if you're one of the top players in the league and you don't have that as a kind of personal goal, obviously, to win a championship of everyone's first goal, then we're kind of questioning is where's your drive at. So you, you want everybody to go in there thinking yeah. they're going to have a season like that, no doubt. But, yeah, JLA came out and, and kind of gave the business. We know Big Source got fouled off as well. So you talk about revenge games. This is one that he'd have circled, no doubt. And, again, it can put a little bit more pressure, but some people really rise to that occasion. Um, and, again, it's it's one of those ones that you just get your popcorn ready because Melbourne United, they're, they're clear-cut the best team in the league right now. And I think the second best team is Tasmania. So, when it gets to a semi-final series, how would that look between those two teams? That's something different. Uh, but right now, Melbourne United thinking and knowing really that, okay, we've got whatever it takes, we're not going to lose to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. We've proven it shorthanded. We're going to prove it at full strength and we're going to prove that we're the team to beat once again. Chris Golding's in MVP form right now. It feels like it's he and Bryce Cotton and then a bit of a gap for the, the rest of the competition, Mitch Creek included. Who's stopping CG43 tonight? Well, if you look back to, I think, the first throwdown that they had, and uh, it, it wasn't to CG's brilliant level we've seen since and the MVP level you're kind of talking about, but Craig Moller was the one that really, yeah. again, you're not going to really ever silence CG. It's just kind of the way that he plays. And you hear a lot of opponents talk, a lot of teammates, you can play elite defense and then you're kind of just hoping that he misses. That's just kind of the shot maker he is. And same with Bryce Cotton when he gets in in those mindsets where you're just like, I'm doing the best I can. If he makes it, I can't do anything more. And Moller's length and just trying to disrupt as much as he could was a pretty good weapon to have. They don't have that anymore. And you think Matt Kenyon is going to be the one uh, to try and get uh, that assignment done. And to be honest, if Chris Golding takes... He's averaging 10 and a half threes attempted. If he takes 12 threes and eight of them are heavily contested, you'd say that's a good job by Matt yeah. Kenyon. He just seems to be in this groove right now that you kind of pray that he misses and just hope that he has one of those down games. And uh, talking to Ian Clark on the huddle reminded me of that game in Adelaide a few years ago where I think he was 0 of 16 and where yeah. everybody was just stunned yeah. because it just never happened in his career. And obviously it's not happening now. But yeah, it seems like Matt Kenyon's going to spend a lot of time, if not mirror his minutes on the floor, because that's, you look without Craig Moller and, and sometimes it, it was Isaiah Liafra a few years ago. That was Simon Mitchell's way of just going in there and trying to be a pest off the ball, which Matt Kenyon can be. Uh, but then you kind of look, maybe who who do you want to kind of just get in there and be annoying, try and get in his skin? But he's not the one you want to put a Ben Air on because if Ben says something to Chris Golding, it doesn't <laughs> normally end well. So it's, you've got to kind of play. You've got to kind of play both sides. You don't want to poke the bear because that bear can bite. Have you got a nice suit picked out for tonight? Oh, I have. I, unfortunately, I, uh, I've got too, I, I was going to say strong, but I've got too much of a dad life going on. I've got a little rip in my favorite one, so I've got to get oh, no. that sorted by the great man. Uh, that's just that's just my fault for, for doing too much. And uh, I've got to, they're all great, so I'll just have to pick and choose. And someone's going to look like an ice cream man, though, so I'm trying to avoid that <laughs> because I like my, I love the light blue uh, t uh, shirt, sorry, and then the, the cream jacket's probably the way to go. Shout out to you, Market Men's Club. I know you listen to this show just about every day. To some of the other news around the league, we wanted to go pretty hard on the throwdown given the size of the game. 
there is another pretty big game coming up, which we'll get to in a moment. But Matt Logan, Mick Randall reporting on Cross Court in News Corp that there are two vacant jobs at the moment, as we know, at Illawarra and Adelaide, Pete. And we can just about draw a line through Chase Buford, whose name was just starting to get spoken about a little more. Uh, and the report suggesting that Chase's ambitions are to be involved in the NBA as opposed to coming back to the NBL. And I can understand that. Getting to know Chase really well while he was here for two years. Family's so important to him, number one, and they just welcomed their first child recently and kind of got the feeling that stateside was, one, where he belongs for that reason, but two, he's got an unblemished record here in the NBL. <laughs> it's kind of unmatched, and yep. I don't know if it's in the back of your mind. It would be for me. Like I don't want to go over there and kind of ruin my 2-0 and and just be down in history. Not that he would, but uh, I kind of got the sense that he deserves that crack again in the NBA and, and onto massive things. And Yeah, it does suck because I just love the way that he went about it, and you can't argue with his record. But you talk about the Hawks vacancy. The more this goes on, the more I'm starting to think that there's no vacancy there because the way they're playing, yeah. the re-energized of the team. Everybody looks like they're having fun and smiling. We haven't seen that for some time. Uh, so the more we keep talking about that vacant job, I'm starting to think we're losing that tag. It's going to be set in stone by the end of the year. It's a very good point you made. To the Perth Wildcats, they're in action tomorrow night against Tasmania. I'm in Perth at the moment. I'll be here for that game tomorrow night. Can't wait for it. Really interesting gesture. Craig O'Donoghue reporting in the Western Australian that the Perth Wildcats organization and owned by the Sports Entertainment Group are going to fly the Wildcats players' families to Cairns with them. They've got to travel around Christmas Day and, or potentially on Christmas Day, which is not easy. Uh, but the Wildcats as an organization have said, look, we know it's tough, but you may as well do it with your family. From a player's point of view, how much, even if it's 2%, 3%, will that make a difference for them? Oh, it'll be huge for for. I mean, the players with families, young families especially, like Jesse Wagstaff, Bryce Cotton, the Corey Webster, those ones. It's it means more than anything because again, if you're traveling on Christmas Day, and uh, I put my hat on when we played in the Boxing Day game, which was the one you want to be part of. You wouldn't trade yeah. it for the world with, at the time with the open air and uh, at John Kane Arena, but we practiced at nine o'clock on a Christmas morning. So that kind of my Christmas day, you can have a Christmas lunch, but it's not like everybody else goes on and carries on a little bit. Uh, and then again, like last year, and I was, had so much fun in, in Sydney. I'm going down to Hobart with my family, yeah. bringing my family down for Hobart for the Christmas day game. So family is so important. And again, uh, we also look around and a lot of imports, a lot of players who necessarily don't have family around. And again, they're, they're used to playing on Christmas day. I personally love it. I know it's not going to be for everyone, but I think we're getting more and more on board with, okay, the, the family style of just making sure that even if it is a little bit uncomfortable to leave your family at whatever point over the holiday period, how can we make that a little bit less uncomfortable, a little bit more enjoyable, and then let's go out there and get a win and make a memory that we'll have forever. To matters at hand, they play, as we say, Tasmania tomorrow night. The six-game winning streak came to an end against Illawarra. Uh, they looked pretty flat. I, I think it was a, a very ordinary performance. They would admit that, the Perth Wildcats. Do you, do you just put last week in the bin and, and reload for a home game and a big game against the second on the table, Jack Jumpers? Yeah, I'd love to know actually what happened after that because, again, yeah. it didn't happen uh, under Dean Vickerman. But uh, back to my college days, when, when you're playing so on your lay just at the worst of eggs at this time in the season, there was times when college coach would just come in and just flush it, just say, look, it's just one of those games. And you mm -hmm. came out flat um, for whatever reason. And, again, if it happens the next time, then you'll go back and probably look at both. But it seemed like a flushable game. It seemed like one of those where, okay, we're just not in it right now and um, Illawarra's come out and, and punched us in the face. So, okay, well, this game's done and we 
kind of look forward to that. So I'm expecting that maybe it was a bit more of a flush job than, okay, here's what went wrong. Because you played six games of unbelievable basketball in that win streak beforehand. One game's not going to undo that. Having said that, how they come out against Tasmania will be the answer to all the questions. A lot of matchups will be interesting in that game. The one I think that I'm drawn to at the moment is Will Magne and Keanu Binder. Uh, and Marcus Lee, that, taking nothing away, but... Pete, I wonder, is Will Magne the, the missing link for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers to take them from being a very good team in this league to potentially being good enough to win the whole thing? 100%. And again, everyone who was slightly on the bandwagon, the Jack Jumpers this season, was because they finally unlocked that next level of offense that held them back the last two seasons. They, they were one of the best defensive teams the first two years, which made them have the success they had. What held them back from being a champion in both of those years, was an extra offensive punch. They've got yep. that now. Jack McVay's at another level, but Jordan Crawford still got Milton Doyle. Defense to start this year was really poor. Scott Roth will agree that Jack Jumbers will agree. Will Magnay has made this team def- uh, defensively elite once again, and if they're playing both of those things, offense and defense, at that level, then all of a sudden they're in that conversation. But yes, Melbourne United might be the best team, but recent history would show that Tassie aren't afraid to travel to Melbourne. They're not afraid to play Melbourne wherever they play them. So that's kind of a, a foreshadowing of a championship series, which would be really juicy. But they need to keep Will Magne healthy. They need to keep building up his minutes. He played 18 minutes and had a double-double last weekend. You'd hope that by the end of the season, that's 25 minutes and that he can get there and still have that impact. But They've been desperate to see him back on the floor. And uh, it's going to be interesting because he has got a little bit of small history yes. with Perth. Yeah. And to, to see how he goes back there, because a lot of people were expected a big thing when he came back out of New Orleans to, to go to Perth. And he was a big signing. He didn't play up to his uh, standard, no doubt about it. So maybe maybe we talk about revenge games. This could be just a, a, a game for Will Magne to have circled, go out there and show everybody in Perth that, hey, he's still got it. As we said, it is a juicy round, round 11 here in the Hungry Jacks NBL, and it all starts tonight. You will see Pete Hawley and all of our team on the coverage on ESPN for Southeast Melbourne and Melbourne. Hawley, enjoy it. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Knock them dead. Thanks, mate. Thanks for being with us on NBL Now. Joel and Liam will be back tomorrow to break it all down.